And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against networkers who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hope you're having an amazing day. Today, I'm uh, going to spend some, some time with you all. I'm going to be talking about some reflections on 2019. I know it's March. I know it's a little late. Um, I typically do a reflection on the previous year in um, either late December or January. And I started it. I started my reflection on 2019 in January. And then I kind of kept getting pushed back and further and further. And I uh, am now basically done with it, um, which is you know kind of embarrassing that it took me all the way up until March to finish. Um, but that's okay. You know, uh, getting it done is, is better than not. And um, wanted to share it with you. So actually, last year, I was going back through some of the episodes that I recorded and released. And I did my reflections for 2018 in two parts, and I never actually released part number two, I think because I never actually recorded part number two, which is funny. Um, but this is some pretty dense stuff. Um, also, I'm, I'm outside right now. I needed to get some fresh air, and uh, there's a lawnmower guy, um, like one lot away, so I'm trying to avoid him. Hopefully, he doesn't chase me down. I feel like a lot of times when I do these podcasts, I get chased down by like weed whackers and lawnmowers and stuff, because I like to go outside when I do them and, you know, get some air and stuff, but we'll see what happens. Um, so I'm gonna do this in two parts, um, two or three, kind of depending on how long we go. I, I don't want to spend forever, uh, on each episode, um, for my sake and for yours. Um, so I'll do my very best to, um, to kind of keep it, uh, keep it concise, but this is something, um, you know, as far as, um, I found a good spot I can put my notebooks. I actually need notes for this episode. I found a good, good spot, and uh, hopefully this guy doesn't come over here. But I'm looking in front of me, and there's long grass in front of me, so I think he's going to like hop the hop the median here and start cutting this this grass here at some point. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, <clears throat> when I first got started in, in business, um, my, my, uh, my upline, my first upline, he, I really only had you know, wow, I only have had two, two upline, you know, I've had, was in one company and then I have moved to one other company and I hope to, you know, never be public in another company again. Um, I just don't like moving around and I don't, uh, don't like those different things. Um, but in that first company, the primary upline that really coached me, um, the first thing that he 
told me to do um, after my first year is to take a few days and reflect on the previous year. And um, he had a kind of a framework for it. And I've, you know, uh, I modeled it and then I've kind of adapted it for myself, um, you know, since then taking on different things as I've learned and stuff like that over the years. And uh, now I reflect on the previous year for, um, you know, I started off doing it for uh, two, two days, I think. And then I moved it to like three days and then I eventually got up to like four days. And now I kind of been, you know, this year was like, you know, probably a total of two days, but kind of broken up into a few different times. Um, and it's been super helpful. So I have a quite a few different areas that, um, that I, you know, kind of reflect on and I'm going to share with you a few of those different areas today. So let me just kind of pull up that right here. So my areas are health, mental, emotional, um, Ashley, uh, which is my wife, <laughs> uh, family, friends, mission and business, finances, experiences, uh, God slash spirit slash present, being present, um, learning and environment. Um, so I have it broken up into those different categories. And uh, yeah, so, so uh I'm going to go over today experiences, Ashley, family, friends, environment, learning, and God and spirit. Um, that's kind of a lot to go over. We'll see what I get through. Um, so the very first one is is experiences. And actually, I, I just got to like, um, I guess, just share a little bit about what uh, I'm, I'm not, nah, whatever. <laughs> I'm getting distracted here. I don't want to get distracted. So experiences in 2019, um, we did, so we, we basically just stopped doing the nomadic thing, um, you know, within literally a week or two. Um, so we've been full blown, you know, digital, digital nomads for a year and over a year and a half or just at a year and a half, literally at the 18 month mark. Um, we stopped and uh, now we're, you know, more permanent again and we're out in California. So experiences in 2019 um, was it was lower than I actually would have expected, just based on our lifestyle, um, which is interesting. So we went to um, 2019. We primarily explored the United States um, rather than abroad, which was uh, interesting, not what I expected. However, we did go over, overseas. Well, I shouldn't say overseas. We went overseas once, and we went abroad twice. So we went to we spent a month roughly in Mexico City. Um, and we also went to Iceland. Those were our out of the country trips in 2019. Um, everything else in 2019 was within the country. And so we traveled the majority of the United States, um, as far as like coast to coast goes, obviously we every state. Um, and really what we were doing in the United States is checking out, we were avoiding the cold, number one, and we were checking out, you know, new places to, to live. Cause when we come, when we got back at the end of 20. 18 from overseas, you know, we were in really beautiful places, um, you know, Bali, Thailand, uh, Malaysia, um, a couple other places. And, uh, when we came back, we, we, we went back to Chicago for, for, for Christmas and stuff. And it was cold and we were basically trying to avoid the cold. And so we started to travel immediately, um, again, and started to go to warmer places and kind of were like seeing like, where do we want to live also when we decide to settle down at some point? Um, as you may know, we ended up in California and, um, we really haven't left. We've gone on trips and stuff since, 
but we've never we haven't like left permanently and to the point where we actually are settled now like literally last week um the truck showed up with our stuff from from a storage unit in michigan or from when i say storage unit it's actually funny um we it, the storage unit was actually his parents house they have a they have a pretty large house and they let us store our stuff there while we did this whole nomadic thing so it actually showed up from michigan a week ago so that is now over um so let me uh, see my notes here um so I think one of the things in, in retrospect, you know, and, and, I, and I could walk you through the timeline, but from a high-level retrospective perspective, uh, um, I am a little disappointed in how little we were abroad last year, um, especially considering we were full-blown nomadic, right? Like, di- like le- legit, the, 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 the term digital nomad. We were traveling all around the United States. That's true. Um, however, we didn't do a ton overseas, like grand total overseas time was probably under two months. And at the time when I was, when we're in the moment, you know, we always make, we, we always made calculated choices. We knew that we weren't going overseas. Like we were actually planning to do like four to six months in Europe and we didn't do it. And, and the reason is, and and I still agree with our reasoning. I'm just disappointed um, the reasoning is that we were catching really good momentum in business, and um, while I don't need to be on the phone to grow the business, it is, or excuse me, be on the phone or be in the same time zone to grow the business because of the way we build it, it is very helpful and actually it helps it grow a lot faster if I'm on the same time zone and if I am willing to kind of be in business. Um, so it's really interesting. We built our life, the first six, seven, eight years in business, I built my life around being in business. Business was the priority, was the major rock. Then I got so fed up with it that I built, we basically built our life around a lifestyle. You know, we had a very lifestyle-centric business. Um, 14 hour time difference and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, uh, the, the, the lifestyle was the centerpiece. And that's totally cool. But when you do that, you do it, no matter what anyone says, it's just a, an absolute fact. It, it can't be moved. You, your business will take not necessarily a hit, but it will be it will be more difficult to grow because you count the cost of everything. So, as an example, if I'm on a 14-hour time difference, and let's say I want to have a just a 30-minute call with one of our leaders on our team, you know that means that I've got to do that call at seven in the morning or you know, 11 at night or something like that. And not that that's a huge deal, but I'm counting that cost, right? I'm like, okay, do I really need to talk to this person? And, you know, that's a good habit to get into, you know, understanding exactly what you're doing and not doing something without knowing what you're doing. But when you count the cost so excessively, it can get a little bit, um, uh, it's almost like you're becoming too much of a diva and you can potentially hurt opportunity. So, like, as an example, you know, we've had quite a few different people, you know, get on our team or get in our our internal team that were a direct result of me being available to jump on the opportunity when it presented itself. And that means that, you know, I was either on a call with them or I answered a message quickly or something like that. And that being said, we recognized that. And we decided not to go to Europe for six months. And we decided to stay in California for a few months and basically focus on business rather than focus on lifestyle. 
Now, don't get me wrong, we're very blessed with a lifestyle in California. The weather's basically paradise. Um, we've been blessed with, you know, the ability to, you know, have a nice car and buy more nice cars and work in a nice office and live in a nice area, a nice house. So don't get me wrong. It's just we're not prioritizing the lifestyle over the business or we decided not to at that point. And so what that meant is we didn't go overseas um, for to Europe for six months straight, which is what we were planning to do. So from a high level perspective, I was disappointed then. I'm disappointed now. Um, I still would make the same choice that we did again um, to basically stay stateside during that time. And when we were still very flexible stateside, you know, we went to all over California. We went all over the states living in different places. We could, you know, go anywhere we wanted, work anywhere we wanted. But we just basically wanted to stay in the same time zone, if that makes sense. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that, it, you know, the overall aspect of not traveling abroad during that time was, uh, I would be lying if I said it wasn't a little disappointing and it still kind of is. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> I think at some point we might want to do it again. Um, I would change a few different things. Maybe someday I'll, I'll tell you about the things I would change, uh, if we did the whole like full blown nomadic life again. Um, yeah, I've actually, I would actually do a lot of things differently. Uh, that would make it a lot more fun and more enjoyable and stuff. But I've talked about this before, but, you know, it's just an absolute fact that when you live the nomadic life, you take a serious productivity hit. I don't care who you are. I mean, there's a reason that most digital nomads eventually settle back down again. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just a fact. You know, the uh, you we didn't have to settle back down. Let me, let me put it, I'll, I'll also say that. We absolutely didn't have to. And a lot of nomadic people that have legitimate businesses don't have to either. But we all have recognized that you take this random access memory hit that it takes up a lot of your, a lot of your mental space and um, you just you can't progress as much as the person who has somewhat of more of a stable life. So also on the experiences side, um, this is probably my weakest category, by the way. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> um, because I've always, <clears throat> even when I wasn't consciously doing it, I've always <laughs> uh, subconsciously put business on the pedestal over experiences, which might be a mistake um, in some capacities. Um, my number one pa- physical passion is racing, and I actually raced zero times in 2019. Literally didn't attend a race. I didn't get in the car. I didn't get on a bike, motorcycle. I didn't do one single racing event. That was a, that was a problem. Um, and so I need to get better at that because, you know, some of my best memories are behind the wheel of a car going fast on a track, um, or on a bike, scraping my knee on the ground as we're, you know, barreling around a a track. And, um, when I say bike, I mean, sport bike, crotch rocket. Um, and so I need to get better at that. And so I've actually got a plan in here to at least do one racing event a month um, just to kind of get myself moving. Um, also, I'm a big car guy, as you might know. And, you know, I haven't really been fueling that passion flame in a long time. You know, I fueled that passion flame for a while before I got into my first network marketing company. When I got into that company, um, you know, I basically stopped doing that because my upline told me that I should remove all distractions and basically not do anything fun to be, you know, to kind of put it extremely bluntly. 
Um, and so, you know, I literally had one of my plan told, tell me to sell my race car because it was a distraction. And I would, I, that was the one piece of advice I never listened to in that first company is I didn't sell it. And I'm glad I didn't because I was like, well, it's paid off. It absolutely, it makes absolutely no sense for me to sell this thing. That's a bad piece of advice. I'm not going to take that. Everything else I listened to, um, but except for that one. Um, but during that entire stint on that first company, I, I never had a, I didn't, I had my race car, but I didn't really drive it. Um, and I chose to purchase a very, in my opinion, extremely boring four door automatic Acura. And I did that because we drove all over the place to build the business and I needed something with good gas mileage that was reliable and could fit lots of people when we took road trips. And so I drove that car. It's actually still around in the family today. I just don't drive it. Um, and so I drove that car for years and I, 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 it's a very nice car. I was grateful for it, but I hated it. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a freaking, you know, loud, rumbly stick shift driving, you know, burnout drifting type of person. Um, and so, uh, and so like now when we drove around the country, we bought another car to do that in and, uh, we were blessed to be able to pick up, you know, a nice, a nice car for what we wanted, but it's still, it's, it was a driving around the country car. It's not the car that, you know, it's not cars that I want. And so what I used to do back when I was working uh, day jobs and stuff is I was in the dealer world. And so flipping cars for me is like second nature. Um, and I, and I really enjoy it too. Um, so I enjoy searching around for cars. I enjoy buying them at a discount. I enjoy, you know, driving them and selling them like three to six months later. And so that to me falls in the experience category. And I am going to be doing that again more frequently. Um, so buying, buying fun cars, enjoying them for three to six months, turning around and, and getting rid of them and, and just getting something else. So, um, I, uh, officially got the go ahead from the person that's helping me invest in real estate. He's also helps people with, you know, their credit. And so, uh, we're blessed to have good, very good credit. Um, however, it's supposed to be like freaking spotless, which it already is spotless, but it's supposed to like have a few things. And so I was working on these few things on our credit until I actually like started flipping cars again. Um, because by the way, the best way to flip cars is to take loans out, not uh, pay them cash. Um, <clears throat> and uh, he just gave me the go ahead two days ago to go ahead and start rocking and rolling with that. So I'm really excited. So I'm gonna start doing that again, um, which will be fun. Um, so that's the experience thing. So I'm gonna start flipping cars, start racing again. And uh, I don't know about any, about any abroad trips this year. Uh, me, Ashley and I are taking a vacation here uh, sometime shortly, um, probably the next month or so. Um, because we haven't, we, while we've done a lot of traveling, we never really took more than five days in a row off. I don't think we took five off, probably four off in a row. So we're going to take like seven or eight days off in a row, like potentially not even bring our laptops, that kind of thing. And so that's pretty exciting. Um, how long are we at here? Pretty, okay, 17 minutes. Um, so I'll try to speed this up. Um, with Ashley, um, so overall, I think we remained very close in 2019. Um, you know, we've never actually gotten a, we've, we've had one, like we've of course had disagreements, but we've only had one fight ever, meaning like raised our voice. And it was literally lasted like 10 seconds. Like I raised my voice once and then she raised her voice once and that was it. And that was years ago. That was one time. So we've never really fought, but of course we disagree and, you know, we can argue, um, things like that. But, you know, our communication has always been really good, which I've been extremely appreciative of, of her, for that. Um, so 
we remained very close. Um, our dates were lower than they probably should have been. Um, we attempt to date once a week. Um, I would say on average, we probably went on a date, like a legitimate, not like a wing it date, but like an actual date, maybe like once every three weeks. Um, of course we would go out and, you know, we work together. So we're together all the time, which I think makes up for a lot of that. Um, but there's also a lot of room to grow there and, um, I need to be more diligent on, you know, making sure that we're at least going on one date a week where we're totally separate from everything else. Um, that kind of thing. So it's definitely a point of improvement for me. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so my to do here, plan weekly dates, um, be more patient. Um, so one thing is that's, one of the things that happened this year that I believe I shared, um, and if I didn't, then uh, I'm sharing it now. We so Ashley is almost four months pregnant right now um, with, a, with 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 our first baby boy, which is super exciting. Um, we went through a miscarriage last year at the end of the year, and that was probably the toughest emotional time that I've had up to this point. Um, her too. It was very very difficult for us. And something that I noticed that happened after the miscarriage is that she became way more sensitive. She's um, historically, like before she met me, she was historically a very passive-aggressive person, not sensitive. And I'm, she would share this with you too, that's why I'm saying it. Um, and so she worked a lot on being in touch with her emotions and able to communicate well. And so she's done that, and she's extremely good communicator and very in touch with her emotions, not passive-aggressive, and also doesn't lash out. So she's like the perfect human. Um, well, one of the things that's happened to her is she's become... So, so historically, before we met, or before, or before she worked on herself in this way, she was, she was sensitive you know, as a human, but she didn't show it. Like, she didn't come off as sensitive at all. And so this, for this to happen, it's quite interesting... Um, because it's not like she's reverting back to her old self or anything. It's just a totally new side. So she's actually become a lot more sensitive, um, which is interesting. And at the same time, I've become less patient, which is n- not good when you combine those two things. Um, and so that's actually been something that we've had to really work on and work through is uh, her, her kind of... I don't want to say new normal, but just the way that this miscarriage affected her and the way it affected me. It affected me in becoming more snappy, um, you know, uh, less patient, and it's affected her in becoming more sensitive. So, like I said, those are not two good mixable traits necessarily, um, but we've identified those things and, you know, have worked through them and are continuing to try to get better at them and stuff like that. Uh, we're it's funny I say we are pregnant she is pregnant again I helped um but like she's the one going through the changes and carrying the baby um and similarly you know uh, similar traits still exist you know she is um she's I think we've worked through it pretty well so I think we're doing pretty good on that um but it was just a really interesting thing to just kind of realize and see and um and, and work through together so that's pretty wild. But anyway, what we, we uh, the plan here is plan weekly dates, me be more patient. And uh, uh, something else, um, basically making sure that we uh, make time to be, to be physical together. I know it sounds kind of 
potentially funny if you're single. Um, but you know, sometimes when you're single and stuff like all you can think about is, you know, doing the dirty, um, when you're married, you know, I mean, when you're married, you just, it's, it's almost like you let things get in the way and you don't, you're not in the mood as often. And, you know, we're under the belief that, um, you know, we're faith-based people and that the enemy basically attacks that side of you. You know, he tries to get you to basically do the dirty with, you know, people that you shouldn't be before you're married. And then once you're married, he knows that that's a point of connection with you two and a place that you can grow stronger together. And he tries to keep you from it. Crafty little prick. Um, so I literally have a thing in here that says, you know, we got to do that more often, specifically at least three times a week. So I don't think I got too deep for you, but whatever. Um, family and friends. Um, you know, I think I did pretty good here. Uh, I, I definitely made a lot more time. A friend of mine a few years ago really helped me prioritize my family and friends more um, and make them more important than business. And so, you know, I actually came back. We literally planned uh, flights back from overseas and from different parts of the States to come back for a friend's wedding. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I stood up in, in the wedding and stuff and we're very, very good friends. But, um, you know, I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was cool of me. <laughs> um, I'm just proud of myself that I like, prioritized a friend, you know. Um, uh, it's so at the end of 2018, we actually came home from overseas for Christmas. Um, in retrospect, I probably wouldn't have made that same choice to come back for Christmas. However, um, it was good that I did. So it like, it's interesting. So, okay. So right after we came back from Christmas, my, my last remaining grandmother who was staying with my mom and dad passed away like two weeks after Christmas and I was there. And so I'm so grateful that I came home. So like, it's really interesting. Like, I'm so glad that I came home for Christmas because if I didn't, I would have never been there. And, you know, I would have probably flown back for the funeral anyway from, from Bali. Um, now knowing like what I know now, but if I didn't like, let's say I, if I have my brain now, but I didn't know that my grandma was going to pass back then, I probably wouldn't have come home. Like I would have stayed overseas for Christmas. Um, uh, but I'm, but knowing what I know now that my grandma passed and all that stuff, I'm so glad that I came home and I would totally come home again to see her um, before she left. Um, so that was, you know, an incredible blessing. Um, so super glad that we came back for that. Um, I want to plan a trip back to Chicago every, what does it say here? I don't even think it says anything, but like two to three months is what I'd like to, like how much I'd like to go back to keep those relationships alive. And also got a really great base of friends out there that I'd like to keep alive. So really talking to those people every, you know, every month at least, um, you know, just making sure it's a diligent part of my habits. And so I've been, I've been okay with that. Uh, I've definitely, definitely done good, but I haven't done great. And sorry about this. Some, there's a fire truck about to pass me. So that'll probably be annoying. Um, the last thing I'll go over for right now is environment. And then I'll, uh, and then I'll, I'll basically cut this off. So environment, this is way more important than I, than I expected. You know, when I got in, in business, 
um, when I was 21. I was in Chicago. And I knew that I wanted to not be in Chicago. Um, the only reason I stayed, obviously my family's there, my friends are there. The only reason I really stayed, because I knew I could fly back, the only reason I really stayed was because I was building a network marketing business old school. You know, I was meeting with people all the time. I was literally physically in contact with prospects or team members six or seven days out of the week. And there was a lot of good to that. Um, and I'm going to share with you on episode two of this about how much good came out of that. But one of the bads that came out of it was that I never left Chicago because I told myself, oh, I have to do this for this amount of time until the business is big enough and I can leave. And, you know, in, in retrospect, that was just such a load of crap. Um, I was kind of fed that information and I believed that information. So it's on me. It's not on the person who fed it to me, but you know, your environment just dictates so much. And I've always been a fairly positive person. Um, and you know, I stayed positive in Chicago. Um, however, I knew that like I wanted to be somewhere else. I wanted to be somewhere that was sunnier. Um, you know, I wanted to be somewhere that was warmer. Um, I wanted to be somewhere that had topography, mountains, stuff like that. Um, I also knew that I wasn't like, I'm one of the few people that is just like legitimately not built at all for a job. Um, when I say I'm one of the few, I don't mean, let me take these off. I don't mean that not most people, I don't think are built for jobs. Let me put it that way. But there's, there's a few people. And the reason I say a few is because I've only seen a few people like have the grit to pull it. Um, there's a few people that actually do better without a job than with one. And I'm one of them. And that doesn't mean I'm special by any means. Honestly, in a lot of ways, I'm kind of mad at myself for that personality trait. So don't think it's, don't think I'm like patting my own ego right this exact moment. Um, sometimes I like to, but now I'm not, you know, because I always beat myself up for, I'm like, why can't I just literally do what I'm told and just do it well. Like, why can't I do that? You know, because all these other people, all my other friends, like they just do what they're told they're and they're making good money at their jobs, but I literally can't hold down a job because, you know, I just freaking hate it. You know, I, I literally can't, um, I can't listen to this crap. And I would talk to my coach at the time and I would say, Hey dude, like, I really think I'm supposed to be on my own. Like, I know I'm not making really anything in network marketing or not enough, not enough to quit at least, but like I can do, all, I've got all these other skills, right? Like I'm a super high level car de detail. I can flip cars. I can basically make money with cars in like 20 different ways. And I'm also a pretty good salesperson. Like I can do, I can go out on my own. And he'd always tell me, no, Zach, keep a stable income and you'll do better with network marketing. And I was like, okay, I always believed him. And you know what? Most people should take that advice. I was one of the people that shouldn't have. I should have been smart enough to recognize my own personality traits and recognize that my environment was killing me. And my personal environment that was killing me was my job. And again, I've seen a lot of people quit their jobs prematurely and screw themselves. So don't get me wrong here. Um, however, I was one of those people that when I quit my job, it actually freed me, um, like legitimately freed me. That was number one. Number two was a physical environment of weather. Um, 
to me, extremely important. And I've highly undervalued this for a long time because of the reasons I just gave you. Now, I highly value, value this. Um, you know, I don't agree with any, hardly anything in California. You know, I think the policies here, the taxes here, all complete garbage. I hate them. Um, I could go on an entire episode about that. Actually, I could probably start a podcast about that. Um, but there is so much good. Nothing that the state has done, um, but something that God has done <laughs> here, physically, you know, and weather-wise, topography, nature, whatever. That's number one. Number two is having an office. Um, you know, we've gone through lots of renditions of working from home. Um, I've worked from home for years. And now I've tried working from an office and I have gone back and forth. And I can say this, bar none, I personally like an office. Um, you know, I, I worked at home for enough years to know that I don't want to work from home. <laughs> I think, you know, you have to go through that. If you've always worked in a corporate job, you probably very much romanticize the idea of working from home. I did too. I get it. Um, and you have to do it because otherwise, you know, how else would you know? Uh, for me, I did it. I did my time. And for me, I like having a separate office. And so having a, a good office, uh, a good house um, in an area that you love. And um, for me personally, having a good car, like a car is kind of my sanctuary. It's the one place that I can fully control almost. Um, you know, I, I, I can, can keep it clean. I can keep it quiet. I can keep it nice. I can go fast. I can go slow. Like I, it's kind of my little sanctuary. And so I like having little sanctuaries. And that being said, one of the things that's actually been difficult for me the past few days, few weeks, is actually having the whole reality shift, having my sanctuaries shift. Um, you know, we went from having, you know, living out here, like literally we live in this exact same area. We live five minutes away from where we're staying. We're working in the same exact office. But something inside me is a crazy shift when our stuff came out here. You know, now no longer, I can't just get in the car and leave anymore. I can't just pack my things in an hour, throw them in the car and leave and never come back. Like now our crap is here. Now we have a lease that's signed. Um, you know, now we have all these different things and it's very odd how I feel constricted again. Um, I know I'll adapt, but that's interesting. Um, and then the second thing is, you know, so the new house that we got, it's very nice inside and outside, but it's in a community that has these just super crazy, annoying freaking dogs that never stop barking. And it like thoroughly ticks me off. And it's like, you know, for those of you that have ever dealt with like neighbor's dogs that are, you know, asinine, um, you know what I'm talking about. And it's like, it's thoroughly disrupted. Like my, like, I don't, like, I don't even want to go home right now. Um, and so we need to obviously get that fixed. And so it's just kind of, I just, I just tell you that to, as an example to say how important your environment is. So we'll get it fixed. And, um, you know, also one of the things is out here, while we're here right now, we just, we got a nice place, but it's not like our dream house by any means. Um, you know, it's a nice place. It's in a good area. Um, but we wanted to be out here to figure out where really we want to go. You know, where is the area that we really want to be in? What kind of house do we really want? That kind of thing. Um, and so I've kind of been mentally sketching out exactly what kind of house that looks like, how big is the driveway, how big is the garage, how much land does it have, all these different things um, combined with the right area. And um, as of right now, we believe that God is calling us to California. We believe that California is filled with a bunch of complete 
just stupidity. And um, we believe that God has called us here to, you know, hopefully make his presence a little more known in an area that we've kind of viewed as very where God is not known. Um, and uh, anyway, so that's that's my stuff on environment. So environment is very important. I would pay, pay very close attention to that. Um, I truly believe that environment association, who you hang out with, and um, yeah, I mean, those, those things, environment, association, and your spiritual walk, those are like the main things that dictate the course of your happiness. Um, you know, if you're around great people in a great environment, doing what you love and you're, you're aligned with what you believe is your creator, um, man, I don't think I can get much better than that. So anyway, with that being said, guys, um, I'm going to head out here. Uh, appreciate your, uh, your attentive ears for this long. And, um, uh, I know I mentioned in the last episode briefly, um, for those of you that are, have been following this for a while, following us for a while, maybe you just found this and you are obviously interested in network marketing, obviously interested in MLM. Usually we talk about MLM and network marketing and stuff like that. Um, today I'm just giving you my, it's a kind of a one-off episode. Um, we are, so about, hmm, how long ago was it? I don't know. Within six months, we revamped our Rebels recruiting system for our company. Totally revamped it. And literally, it's an entirely new rendition. And we grandfathered everyone in from the first one into the second one. Didn't charge them anything. Just grandfathered them over. Since we revamped it, we've run ads to it. But we've I've never actually told you about it. I've never told anyone that follows us. I haven't, I haven't emailed our list about it. haven't announced it on the podcast. None of that. And um, now I am. <laughs> so... This coming week, so it's I'm recording this on what is today Thursday. So you'll probably hear this on Friday or Saturday. Um, so the following Thursday, I believe it's the 12th or the 14th or something like that, March, March 12th maybe, whatever that Thursday is, um, we're going to be running a one-time webinar where I'm going to basically unveil this new system, how it works, all that stuff, and give you an opportunity to be a part of it if you if you choose to. And we're actually going to cut the price um, very far down. It's actually going to be 50, about 50% off. Um, and that's like real 50% off, not like, oh, it's an actual, it's like a fake discount or something, you know, because I made up my retail price out of my thin air. But um, it's like, no, that's real retail. People actually pay it, that kind of thing. Um, but we're going to do a special on it um, for roughly 50% off for literally just a few days. So it's going to be launched on Thursday. That window will close after a certain number of people enroll. Basically, how many people we can we can actually handle, because there is some physical involvement on our internal team's part when people enroll. Um, so it's going to either close when the, the number maxes out, or uh, when the when the when the date ends. So it'll basically run from Thursday to Sunday. So I'll give you the URL and stuff on that uh, as we get as we get into next week. Um, but just want to let you know about that. Um, so it will be a one-time webinar. It will be on Thursday. Um, I believe it's March 12th or the 14th, whatever, whatever that Thursday is. And uh, you can, of course, watch that, view it. And if you'd like to, you know, take advantage of, you know, a higher level partnership, um, it's going to be a super, super intense discount. So anyway, with that being said, guys, hopefully you all have an amazing day. And I appreciate you. And uh, we'll talk to you all in the next episode. Thank <laughs> you.